Thank you for choosing to listen to the First Love Podcast from First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, for July 26, 2020, with Reverend Jonathan Warren. Reverend Warren's sermon title today is Trickery Dickery Doc. We also get to enjoy soloist Catherine Ott singing God of Grace, Amazing Grace. We pray that you are having a safe, healthy, and peaceful week and wish you God's blessings for the week to come. Our first reading comes to us from Romans chapter 8. This is one of my favorite uh, scripture readings and it leads to next week's scripture reading as well. Let's listen to the word of God. If, if you from Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. If you listen to the end, you'll see why it's so powerful and lovely. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit? Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified, and those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of God? Will hardship, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
scripture reading comes to us from Genesis chapter 29 verses 15 through 28. Let's listen to the word of God. Then Laban said to Jacob, because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me what shall be your wages? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were lovely, and Rachel was graceful and beautiful. Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for your young daughter, your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. And Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, that I may go into her, for my time is completed. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast. But in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah to be her maid. 
When morning came, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Did I not serve you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Laban said, This is not done in our country, giving the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other also in return for serving me another seven years. And Jacob did so and completed her week. And then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This time, you know how you wonder sometimes if traits are isolated to one individual or if it's a family trait? The first time I met Elmer Bradbury, I realized that Keith and Ken got their quick wit and humor from Elmer. I'm pretty sure that he's even cleverer and funnier than his sons combined. I mean, who in their right mind would volunteer to walk behind horses year after year in a parade to scoop up road apples? And somehow, the crowd absolutely loved it. Nobody but the clown himself, Elmer Bradbury. And then to top it all off, he somehow convinces his grandson to dress up in a clown outfit with him and help him for years to come. At 100 years old, he's still making people laugh. Now, if you know much about the story of Jacob and Esau, there's quite a bit of trickery going on. We just heard a little bit about it. While Jacob instigates some of it, the real trickster was his mother, Rebecca. And now today, we see again even more trickster behavior by Rebecca's brother, Laban. From the moment Jacob first saw Rachel at the well, he was head over heels in love with her. I think she was too. So he strikes a deal with her father, Laban, to work for him for seven years, and then he could have her hand in marriage. Because he was so smitten, the years went by very quickly. The day he finally marries, it's like a dream, right? The next morning, he discovers that Laban pulled a fast one on him. For it wasn't Rachel he woke up next to. It was his older sister, her older sister, Leah. I don't know how Laban could trick his way out of this. Can you imagine what he said? I mean, some of it's in scripture. Somehow he starts talking, and he must be good. Explains to Jacob, couldn't let him marry his younger daughter without the older daughter being married yet. And you know, Laban's conversation obviously isn't all there because he convinces Jacob to work another seven years. Maybe he was blinded by love. I don't know. Maybe he could say he was like a prince with all these uh, ladies. But he convinces him to work seven years for Rachel's hand in marriage. How does he do it? He must have been a really good trickster. So I came up with a fun rhyme for today's story. And if you looked at my sermon title, you can see how I got to this. Trickery, dickery, dock. Seven years passed on the clock, tricked by mom's kin, then waited again. Trickery, dickery, dock. There are trickster stories all over the Bible. Many are when the underdog defeats the champion, when the misfit receives the blessings, when the poor or widow receives justice. And to some extent, we like these tricksters. But it's complicated. 
because tricksters lie and joke and become problematic. In fact, not all tricksters in Scripture or in life are good. For instance, in Scripture, Satan's a trickster. At the Garden of Eden, the snake tricks Adam and Eve. Satan's at it again with Job and his friends. Poor Job. When Jesus is in the desert for 40 days and at the Garden of Gethsemane. So we don't like con artists, liars, swindlers, trickery that manipulates and gives power to a few while harming many. So if trickery in scripture can be good or bad, then how do we explain this? How do we share this with our kids? It's really hard, right? Professor Dr. Miguel de la Torre, a liberation theologian, shared when he was growing up in America, he'd hear this phrase, with liberty and justice for all. And yet somehow, it didn't apply to him and his culture. So he started, as, as an adult, looking more into this as a professor. Most of our Christian doctrines, he says, uses Eurocentric theology. Explain that even the word hope in Spanish, it's esperanza, which means to wait. This definition, theology of hope to the most marginalized people in society, can become a way of controlling people, keeping people quiet and docile, he says, the opposite of what's intended. Hope, then, in this sense, isn't liberating. It's controlling. In fact, Dr. Di Dr. De La Torre began studying his own and other cultures' deities, and he discovers Eurocentric theology minimizes this trickster story. He says it's in these biblical trickster stories where we can learn how to lie, how to joke and deceive in order to reveal truth with a capital T. So being a trickster is sometimes the only way to ethically draw out the flaws of the power structures and move closer to liberation so that we could be a people with liberty and justice for all. He goes on to explain that in our faith, Jesus is the biggest trickster of them all. You know, in, early in Jesus' ministry, while Satan's trying to trick Jesus in the desert, Jesus eventually as the last laugh, three years later, when he ends up pulling the biggest trick on everyone as he's crucified on the cross, which on the surface appears that he lost to the most powerful in the world, yet it's in this trickery we discover he's pulling all the strings. And three days later, he rises from the dead, defeating sin and its power in the world. This trickster turns everything in the world upside down. Jesus gives power to the marginalized, the incarcerated, to the widow, to the hungry, to the sinner. Trickster tells us the truth of God's kingdom. The last become first, and the first become last. Okay, so... That's way more theology than most of us care to hear at this time in the morning, so let's continue with this nursery rhyme. Trickery, dickery, dock. Liberate the clock. Lie, joke, reveal. 
Jesus' truth is real. Trickery, dickery, die. Congressman John Robert Lewis died last week. Lewis grew up in Alabama preaching to chickens when he eventually went to seminary in Nashville, Tennessee, and in his free time, he studied and practiced nonviolent resistance. He and many students began sitting in protests at all-white lunch counters. And in this, he discovered it liberated him, despite the harm and jail that he faced. Right before graduation, he volunteered to be one of the first freedom riders. They didn't make it all the way to their planned destination. And in fact, on his graduation day, instead of celebrating with his friends and family at school, he was serving time in jail for an unjust law. Essentially, his whole life, he was being a clever trickster, which was the only arsenal a marginalized person in our society could use to point out the injustices and flaws for those in power. Now, many of you know John Lewis, along with Dr. King Jr., was one of the big six, the leaders of six prominent civil rights organizations. He had a word for what he did. It was called good trouble, peaceful, necessary protest. And a few years ago, he said in a tweet, our struggle is not the struggle of a day, a week, a month, or a year. It is the struggle of a lifetime. Never, ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. This good trouble is an excellent definition of good versus bad trickery in Scripture. Good trouble is the kind of trickery Jesus employed and encouraged. John Lewis was one in the first line, they, they, you've probably seen this, you probably were, some of you probably saw it on t television in the moment. They walked two by two over the bridge and he was with one other, the first in line, an original march from Selma, Alabama. When they crossed over the bridge, before they could get any further, before they could kneel and pray, officers attacked. They infamously became known as Bloody Sunday. In fact, they're changing the name of that bridge to John Robert Lewis. This man didn't use violence. He rarely used words. He simply sat at lunch counters, rode buses, walked, and marched. And in these acts, pointed out the injustice in our country. He, along with the big six, tricked our country into liberty, into voting, into justice. Trickery, dickery, duck. Big six is on the clock. Now make double of good trouble. Trickery, dickery, dock. Now, while we've come a long way, we still need to employ these trickster traits. The tactics that Laban and Jacob share in our Bible story today, we 
We also must follow the biggest trickster of them all, Jesus, to make sure that the marginalized and the oppressed, the sinners and the powerless can rise up. We must become allies with those who need justice and peace and love and hope not for tomorrow, but today, now. We must be willing to allow lies, jokes, and deceit to reveal truth with a capital T. Good trouble. That's the trickery we must teach our children. That's sometimes the only way to reveal truth. It will mean that we use the power we have to be just like Jesus, to be servants to others. When the kingdom of God, the trickster Jesus, tells us the last will become first, and the first will become last. Trickery, dickery, dog. Now is the time on the clock. Give up your power. Serve all this hour. Trickery, dickery, dog. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The address for our First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, is 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, zip code 62650. Our phone number is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. That's office at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. You can reach us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash firstpresjax. Our webpage is www.firstpresjax.org. Our Sunday services start at 10 a.m., but we come on the air at 10.45 with a slideshow. We invite you to come and view us live on Facebook on Sundays. Leave a comment. Enjoy a great sermon by Jonathan and Warren and whoever is the special music for that day. God bless.